So um, who, please don't be shy, who does not know really about ICM and, and the mission of ICM? It's good. Okay. <clears throat> International Cooperating Ministries has been, uh, we're celebrating 30 years this year. And what, what we do, it's a different missionary model. Okay. The, the idea is that we come alongside indigenous Christian ministries and we help to equip them with Bible study materials, not just giving them the Bible, but Bible study materials to equip them to become to grow as disciples and then become evangelists and missionaries to their own country. Okay, so it's a different model, but it's not about ICM. And, and what we have seen is that through church buildings that, we, that they become a tool for the evangelism. They be a, become a wonderful tool for um, growing disciples. The, the church building in many of the rural communities that we work in really becomes the lighthouse in this community, the center of the entire, uh, the town, the community, whatever, medical distribution point, the schoolhouse, obviously the worship center, everything revolves around that church. And we just, when we started, gosh, when I started seven years ago, we were really excited because we had just surpassed the 2,500 church mark around the world. And would you guys agree that's pretty amazing what God was doing? We just surpassed. Janice and the executive team just approved a number of churches that had us surpass 6,000 churches in 81 countries. Now, that wow is for Jesus. I mean, what he is, what he is doing through this ministry, he, is, he has equipped us and given us a model to reach the nations. <clears throat> one, of, one of the, I don't mean to preach, you, you know, we just went through church and it was a great message. Um, but we have to ask ourselves a question. And that question is, is who is it about? And that, that's tough. Is it about me? Or is it about the people who are unreached? Is it about the Christians who are in these countries, these villages all over the world, who have heard the word of God, but they have no Bible study tools, they have no church building, but they are sold out for Christ, and they love their country, and they want, to, they want their country to know Jesus Christ, the people of their country. But how do you do it? In many, many countries, if you don't have a church building, now different people will argue, but we've seen the fruit. We've seen it over and over and over again. If you don't have a church building, you're a cult. If you're sharing a religion and you're worshiping under a tree or a tent or a temporary building, you're a cult and they won't even listen. So that's how we, when we started at ICM, Joyce Rosser, our founder, was trying to get the mini Bible college. That's our discipleship tool that we use to distribute through solar-powered units and several other means to get the mini Bible college, for those of you who haven't heard of it, 90 lessons in the Old Testament. It's a survey. 90 lessons in the New Testament. And then a deep, in-depth study on the Sermon on the Mount, 24 lessons on the Sermon on the Mount, 
and then 12 lessons on biblical principles to family and marriage. This is now translated into 40 languages, very strategic languages, that the potential reach with those languages is over 4 billion people. So <clears throat> Joyce Rosser has always talked about how to reach the world for Christ, God's distribution center. He's a businessman, loves the Lord, and he talked about how, what's the greatest product in the world? The gospel, right? That's As a businessman, that's how he thinks. And how do you distribute the, the, the gospel, the greatest uh, <clears throat> how do you do that? It's done through the local church. And so our job what in, at ICM is to help equip the local church to do just that. And so that's what we do. We do it through the Bible study materials and the church building. Every single time a congregation gets their own church, what do they do? Who's in here? I know I got a bunch of people planted in here who know this answer. Okay, Dr. Whelan, what, what do they do after they get their church? Okay, how many, how long in, in this area would it take to plant five churches? Long time. Some, some churches never do that. Well, when these congregations partner with us, they covenant that within three years, They'll plant five churches. So these 6,000 churches that are around the world right now have planted more than 32,000 daughter churches. It's amazing. So you have to ask yourself, okay, again, is this about me or is it about them? Because a lot of people struggle with, well, I, I have to go and I, I have to get my hands on this. You know what I mean? I have to go and I have to swing a hammer. I have to carry bricks. We did it last year in Moldova. It was awesome. We had a great time. We spent half a day working, <coughs> excuse me, working on a building in Moldova. Ken was there. Dave was there. I think we, we had several, several people from this church that helped to build that church. And a few months later, it was completely built and it was amazing and we had our hands on that but is that what it's about and we have to be you know introspective about this and think through that and when we come to the answer that it's not about me and I've got a giant ego so that's hard for me to realize but the, the Lord has been working on me and he's showing me things through our, our indigenous partners about what's really important Okay, do me a favor. I w go go yeah. to this thing. I want to pull something up. <laughs> right? <clears throat> so I'm going to... Are, are there any questions so far? No? Yes? I say those cards, they have the many Bible cards. Am I thinking correctly we could give friends those? Yes, that's totally free. If you have an iPhone if you or if you have an Android, you can go, go to the... Uh, app store and download minibiblecollege.com no just download all one word mini bible college <clears throat> are you in the seagate yes i'm in the seagate all right hold on i want to pull up this last one tanzania the last that one okay how do you identify the uh, the 
the body of believers in need of a church? Great question. Great question. I bounced all over the place. Okay. <clears throat> so what happens is, is we partner. You keep hearing this word partner. We don't, we don't supervise. We don't, we don't have authority over these folks. We partner with indigenous Christian ministries. Okay. And I'll give you an example of what that looks like. Here with one of our recent partners with Bible Mission International, BMI, okay? The head of that organization, this Christian organization's name is Paul Hagelgans. Some of you have met Paul, some of you have heard him speak. He has hundreds or thousands of congregations all throughout the former Soviet Union that they have the authority, the oversight, and, and, and the infrastructure to govern. We partner with him, okay? And through that partnership, he teaches, he works with them and finds out how many of these congregations are out there that don't have a building. Well, first of all, we start with a mini Bible college, and there it doesn't translate. Mini Bible college doesn't translate into Russian or uh, Romanian. <clears throat> so they've changed the name to be Eternal Truths, which is wonderful. And it's, some of you might have seen, I have a picture with uh, myself and Dick Woodward, who's the author of the Mini Bible College. He was a bedfast quadriplegic for the last 25 years of his life. And he was one of my spiritual fathers and absolutely wonderful, wonderful man, but a blessed and ordained, just such a wonderful teacher of the, of the word, makes, makes it so simple. And for me, that's very good, made it simple. But while we were in Russia, and Ken can speak to this, while we were in Russia and we're meeting with the guy who was in charge of the Eternal Truths program, he's doing a presentation for us about the Mini Bible College. And he's going through showing all their material that's all in Russian, and, and he, show, he puts up a slide, and he's got a slide of Dick Woodward up there, and he starts talking about this amazing man, Dick, Pastor Dick Woodward, and he's given, and the, he's never met Dick. He starts to cry. At, right, Ken? Yes. As he's doing this presentation, this man who's, who's Russian, lives across the world. He's only heard about the guy, but he has his teaching. He starts to cry. Why? Why would he be so emotional about this man? Think about what the word means to you. Think about what happens when the, the word gets into your heart? And all these people have just had such a cold existence and no hope. All of a sudden, they get the, this, this uh, program, this Bible teaching called the Mini Bible College. And it was, these guys, all the, they love it, and they love the man who gave it to them. And so I, shared, I showed them some pictures with me and Dick, and <clears throat> we just had a great time with it. It was it was pretty awesome for me to see someone who has never met this man, but loves him so dearly, and he loves him because what he was able to bring to him and what he brought to him was Jesus Christ, right? So to, answer, to fully answer the question about the partnerships, that's critical. We have 180 partners around the world, and these partners, if, without these partners, ICM wouldn't exist, and without ICM, they couldn't do what they need to do. So it's the partners that do the initial gospel presentations and create the examples to begin with. We work, we work where there are existing Christians. 
and we equip them to go and make disciples. <clears throat> Have, what's, the, what's the criteria on deciding to build a church? Is there a foundational number of people? That's it's almost like these guys are planted to ask these, gr every, these great questions. That's an awesome question. One, the, the standard that we have gone by is about 100 believers. Sometimes it's, it's less, depending on the region. But the, the reason behind having a, about 100 believers is so that, well, one of, some of the other responsibilities that they have is that they own their own land, Okay and they can prove that they own the land, they have to have a full-time pastor, a full-time trained, Bible-trained pastor. The reason for the 100 believers is so that they can financially support that pastor. Okay, so that, that's a great question. They also agree that they will put the sweat equity into building the church. We don't send crews. We don't have any paid staff overseas. All our partners, we don't pay them. All the construction that is done, they provide the sweat equity. Think about what that means when they have their blood, sweat, and tears going into the building of their own church. It's, it's, it's theirs. And they take wonderful, wonderful care of it, and it's amazing. It's amazing when you walk into a village in Vietnam, and it's dirt. Dirt, dirt village, right? You walk into, and, and you, see, you see the dirt floors that are almost so shiny, you're looking at it like, is that dirt? It's, it's amazing how the pride that they take in their church. <clears throat> Did I answer that? Okay. They also uh, pay into a covenant fund. This covenant fund, the idea behind the covenant fund is that they can pay a chicken or <laughs> a goat or you know a few rupees if you're in India. But they, they pay into this covenant fund and they learn about tithing. Many of them have no idea about giving or tithing. And they learn about this concept and they pay it forward. So after they've got their own building and they're becoming disciples and evangelists. Well, they go and plant a congregation. And eventually, because their fund grows, they can build another church. And they don't need to rely on ICM to do it. I'll tell you a quick story. It was pretty awesome. We were in Vietnam. <clears throat> And we were traveling, and this is a trip before Ken came, and we were traveling with our uh, pastor, Mon Dang, and uh, we, we pull up with Burt Reed, who is 82 years old and just has more energy than anybody in this room, I'll tell you that. Burt is, including me and Curtis, <laughs> and this young lady right here, you'd have to run to keep up with him, he's awesome. <clears throat> we show up, and we're looking at this church building. And Mon is saying, this is an ICM church. And Bert's looking, we have all our stats and everything, and Bert's looking at the GPS coordinates, and he said, no, this is not an ICM church. He said, ICM church, yes. <laughs> Bert's like, Mon, it's not, look. He goes, it turned out they built this on their own through the covenant fund. ICM didn't fund it. How cool is that? That's what we're trying, I'm sorry, Curtis, what? You know what, everybody, Curtis Brickley is going to tell you about Cuba. No, this is, this is, this is wonderful. I'll tee it up. <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of questions come to us about, well, are, do uh, our organizations and countries reliant on ICM? 
and, and, and can they become self-reliant? So when we talk about this covenant fund and, and growing and, and paying it forward, we had a wonderful example that Curtis is going to tell you about right now. I got I to set up my PowerPoint. Earn your keep, man. Steel Magnolias, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'm not here to talk about that. What was I talking about? Cuba. Cuba. So, so, something Wayne, Jarhead. my father always said, uh, with him trying to teach me to, what it means to be a missions pastor, was that if, if man initiates it, man has to sustain it. But if God initiates it, God will sustain the work. And so the only thing I wanted to do was see what God was doing and enjoy him so that God would sustain it. And we get to be a part of that. In Cuba, uh, I, was in, uh, I was in Virginia and Hampton for an interview a few weeks back. And I spent about three hours with Joyce Rosser, the founder of the ministry. And he was excited telling me about Cuba. And uh, see, they were queuing up a DVD. He said, back in the 90s, we were working in Cuba, and we had planted about 130 churches uh, working with a national partner. And then the embargo happened, and uh, the U.S. government said, no more money to Cuba. And so, for all intents and purposes, Cuba went dark to the ministry. Well, a, few, a month before I came to the offices, so he's queuing up the DVD, and he puts it in and said, we just received this from the partner that we worked with in the 90s. And uh, he said, uh, let me show you. So the DB starts queuing up. And he says, here's the 130 churches that we had, that we, that we were a part of. And then that, that map of Cuba began to populate. And he said, after we left, there's now over 400 churches. And for me, I said, you know, that's a great illustration of if God initiates it, then God sustains it. Uh, that, I don't want to say that's what sold me to, to join ICM. I've known the ministry for a long time, but but that was sure a, a, that sure impacted me. Is that uh, with us having come back from Thailand? Where'd you go? Pull it together, Marine. <laughs> 
terms like, like the video Tasso showed with Jan, Jan's father, Rino Ruben Mussini, national, national believers that love God, are highly qualified, capable, competent, full of Christ, and they want to reach their people. When their son gets diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, they don't go home. They are home. And, and that shapes my, my philosophy on mission because I want to pour myself into people like Ruben, people like Young, national partners with a, with, a, with a heart to reach their nation, and then let the people around them see them live out the gospel in crisis in their family, in illness with a child, and those sort of things. So um, that's the Cuba story. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Jimmy and I had an opportunity years ago to go to Cuba and, and minister there. And when we were working there, there weren't church buildings. They were all underground home churches. You know, like we, they were in somebody's home and you met at night. And, and so, I mean, do you actually have church buildings? <laughs> so, so what yes. I'm hearing Fran say is Fran is organizing a vision trip to <laughs> oh no 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 oh, those, those are uh, all the numbers that curtis is talking about with 130 those were physical church buildings the god did god allowed them. and they were and they were all above ground we never work in any place that we are not we do not have permission to build uh i'll give you another example china 350 ICM churches right now in, in China, all with permission to build. Uh, Vietnam, communist, communist Vietnam, well over, well over 300 uh, churches all throughout Vietnam. In fact, um, I'll, I'll tell you very quickly, if you look at Vietnam, you know, it's kind of shaped like an S, right? And if you look from central Vietnam south, South Vietnam, we've done about 300 churches in South Vietnam. Um, and they're just, it's amazing what's happening. In fact, one of the uh, comments from a uh, Vietnamese, one of the Vietnamese, uh, like a mayor mm -hmm. who was traveling around with us and, and seeing all the work that was being done along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. He, he said, you know, this is obviously known as the Ho Chi Minh Trail with all these churches that we'd need to change the name to the Gospel Trail. How cool is that? Right? Well, just a few years ago in the north, there were only 15 ICM churches. I mean, it was the gospel was not moving in North Vietnam. At least we didn't we, we didn't have a uh, foot in the door. Well, all of a sudden we the door opens just a crack. And Joyce Rosser is very, very big on when that door opens just a little bit, we have, to, we have to move and we have to do everything we can because just like in Cuba, that door can close at any moment. And so um, just very long story short, I'll tell you that we went from 15 churches two and a half years ago. There's about 70 churches in the north of Vietnam now. And, and, we'll tell, and Ken can tell you he was with me in Vietnam. They ha their pastors are, very, are young men, and, and these guys are, are awesome. They are uh, uh, amazing. And Ken, how many of all the pastors that we met in Vietnam, how many would you say had been arrested for 
evangelizing. Right. It was pretty much all of them. The same way in Cuba. Yeah. They're persecuted yeah. for that as well. Yeah. So, so again, I, I'll come back to asking the question about me, about you asking the question about yourself, about what can you do to support these people who are out there being persecuted, trying to win their own nations for Jesus Christ. We, we, have, <clears throat> we have unbelievable resources. We just do. We, we don't need to apologize for it. We're the body of Christ. We have an opportunity to be a part of the Great Commission, what, and, and we can pour into, we can adopt, you know, congregations and groups in Vietnam. We can, we've, we're adopting a group in Moldova, all right, and helping to move in. And, and frankly, we see what God is doing. Opening, we, we're opening a door into Moldova, and God's opening up Romania and different places uh, in Eastern Europe. They're dark, and we have opportunities to help these folks. And so um, I'm going to show you another term that we use at ICM is blanketing. So I wanna, I'm going to give you an idea of what blanketing is. What you see on the screen right here, first of all, is I, was, uh, I didn't take this picture, but I was in this mini Bible college study session in Africa. This was in uh, Rwanda, in Africa. And you see that little girl, that cute little girl, who on, on the right side of the screen? She actually came over and sat on my lap. For a little while and then uh, I guess she needed a nap so they asked me to share my testimony and she went right to sleep <laughs> it was really sweet but that that picture of the church that's not in Africa that is a Latin American church and um, but it gives you kind of an idea of the size of the the physical structure that uh, is is being built around the world <clears throat> okay so this is a map of, of the world, and all those red dots represent GPS coordinates, okay? And what you're seeing is right about 6,000 GPS little red dots that represent the churches that we have uh, been a part of over 30 years. And again, approximately 32,000 uh, planted churches. Now, that's a very conservative estimate, and it's not about the numbers, but to give you an idea of what the Lord is doing, they, we, don't, we only track the, plant, the planted congregations for three years. We've been around for 30 years, and God has been doing this. And so, you know, Curtis just told you in Cuba that one partner went over 400 churches after we, they haven't been reporting that to us. What, what has God been doing? Okay, how many planted congregations are out there that need our help? And we, can, and we can pour into them. And then the Bible study groups. These are what I just, you just saw that little Bible study group in Africa. There are more than 52,000 small Bible study groups that are studying the mini Bible college and getting rooted in their faith. So they can, they're being discipled so they can go out and evangelize their own country, right? They're missionaries to their own country. Give you an idea of what blanketing a nation looks like. ICM's plan is to have a healthy, I want to read it, Jan Janice put this in, the, we have one of these for everybody, 
and this is a really cool marketing piece. They just came out with this. But listen to this. A healthy reproducing church within walking distance of every man, woman, and child in our lifetime. Is that a cool goal? It's a reality. We can do it. We come together. There's nothing we can't do with Je- without Jesus. So the idea is that we're blanketing nations to have a physical church building every 25 square miles. Okay? The dots that you're seeing are actual churches in Tanzania, Africa. Okay? Now, there are places where it's all desert. Nobody's living there. So keep that in mind. But what happens, again, and the same people don't answer, what happens within three years after they get their own church? Right? Okay? We're planting five churches. Well, when Tanzania has a church every 25 miles, it'll kind of be something like this. So keep just, we're generalizing, okay? That's what the goal is. 527 churches to blanket with physical buildings. What's it going to look like when every one of those congregations have planted just five? Many do many more, as Curtis just told you. This is God move. God is moving in a powerful, powerful way. And we get to be a part of that. We get to help equip indigenous Christians win their nations for Christ. This is what we're talking about. And it's being done. We're, we're, we're looking at blanketing right now as 90% or more toward that 25-mile goal. And in the, uh, in the book that you'll see, we're almost all through Central America. Cuba has been blanketed. Tanzania is almost blanketed. India. India is, we have, it is not considered blanketed, but we are, we have, we have partnered to build 1,400 churches in India. 1,400 churches. And it's just absolutely amazing. So there's a couple things that I'd like you to do before I forget. Uh, first, everybody grab, make sure you get one of these. Also, get this. This is uh, the app, okay? So you can download the app. It is free. And I really, I'd really encourage you to use it. For me, it's been, it, it has taken me on my own journey in, in such an amazing way. But also, it helps you to come alongside our partners that we're supporting. Because this is what they're using to grow as disciples. And we can pray with them. We can study the same thing that they're studying. It's pretty awesome. So I, I encourage you to do that. <clears throat> the goal. We have a God-sized goal. <clears throat> Here, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about Peru right now. But we have a God-sized goal. Now, I told you when I started seven years ago, we were about 25, 2,600 churches. Seven years later, we're at 6,000. The goal by the end of 2020 is to be at 10,000 churches. The goal is also that those 10,000 churches, that we would see 50,000 churches planted by those those 10,000. And in turn that we would have 100,000 small Bible study groups that are being equipped to be missionaries to their own countries. When you think about those Bible study groups, I want you to put this into perspective again. 
<clears throat> on average, we know that there are between we, there are groups that have 20, 25, 30 people that study are in one group. But just say the average is 10 people in these Bible study groups. How many discipled evangelists will that mean? Say it. A million discipled evangelists in their own country going out. Is that exciting? That's what God is doing through ICM. See, we didn't need any stinking videos, did we? <laughs> any questions? Five what? Five. The daughter churches? Yeah. That another great question. Well, I'll tell you, we're listen, Deutsch Rosser is a brilliant, brilliant guy, but there's a lot of smarter guys than he is. And it was actually one of our partners, our Indian partner, Vishwavani, who these guys are absolute they're they're tiny, tiny guys, but they're giants in the faith. And they are brilliant. And they're the ones who actually brought this, they called it this web concept. They brought it to ICM years ago. And we started talking through it, and, the, and that's how the, the ICM way of doing things uh, was created. So, yeah, it came from our partners in India. Other questions? Yes. Okay. Um, <coughs> I understood you. You said that you follow these churches for three years, right? Okay, but, you know, politics are changing, these countries or governments are changing and all of that. Is there any follow-up after the three years to see what's happening in those churches? When I say we follow them, uh, uh, let me clarify, they report, they send reports to us. Now, keep in mind, it's not the actual, congr the actual congregation. Remember, we're partnering with a major organization. Okay. And they have all the infrastructure in place. Mm -hmm. So it's that, that is where the, the reporting comes from. And their track, they're watching out for their own church. Yeah. We, can't, we can't watch all that. There's no way we can do it. Right now, you heard uh, Pastor Eric say that we have 700 churches under construction right now as we speak. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, isn't it? We can't manage that. Can I, can I add something? I would love for you to add something. <laughs> has never had an employee, they've never ran more than 40 employees as a ministry. <clears throat> 81 countries, 40 languages, 700 projects going. Um, there's some really, really hardworking people that, that do a, a, an enormous task of keeping up, and it's amazing. One thing that we didn't mention that would have been shown on the video, so that's why we needed the video is that 100% of your gift, your designated gift to go to a particular project goes directly to the project, 100%. That's almost unheard of, but that's, that's what, the way ICM has been set up, that's, that's what happens. I'm coming to you, Jimmy. You might mention, like, the, the salaries of those 40 people domestically were set aside by Deutsch's success as a businessman to that aside in a trust for running ICM. Thus, everything on church growth is ready to go directly to the church. Exactly. But Deutsch took care of all the overhead himself. So nothing you give 
pays salaries, overhead, travel, anything Mike does, that has nothing to do with your business. So from a stewardship standpoint, you can feel very, very, very confident that what, what your God has entrusted to you, not only are you sowing into a congregation, but you're multi, it's multiplying. That's what we're talking about, multiplying the gospel. Okay, so you give, let's just say you give a dollar, right? You help fund a church, okay? And that, which by the way, on average, a church building, how much did this building cost? Uh, look at it. Uh, I'm sorry I went there. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> okay, on average, an ICM church costs $10,000. We build on average, you talk about Doyce, Doyce is such an amazing businessman and leverage is a big part of what he does. We build on average at $10 a square foot. And if you guys know about the building, that's pretty good, okay? So, um, gosh, I got lost. I was going somewhere and I lost it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to, uh, we're going to come with me to Moldova right now. Okay, Moldova is a, a tiny country in Eastern Europe. You guys have folks uh, who, who are in the church uh, here who are from Moldova. And um, we visited Moldova and had just an amazing time. And they need the gospel in, in the worst way, just like anybody who's lost. But we've been moving. We've got some great stuff happening. And our partner had an opportunity to get property. Now listen to this. This property was owned by the Communist Party. And many years ago, they used this camp, this, this whole property, to indoctrinate young men into the Communist Party. Well, now our partner owns that land, and it is now being, ref we're, we're refurbish refurbishing this camp so that we c it is being used to train up the next generation Christian leaders in Eastern Europe and into the Soviet Union. Cool, is that amazing what God can do? And we have an opportunity, so if you're thinking, if you're, if you're being moved and you, you feel like, you know what, I wanna sow into this ministry and I'd like to help, this is something where you have an opportunity where the goal, um, what they, they need about $120,000. There's like nine buildings that need to be finished. And they have kids actually coming in for a part of uh, camp this summer. So we have an opportunity if you want to be a part of that project. But we have, again, we have many, many, many countries, many projects, many opportunities that if you feel like you've been led to pour into them with your own resources. The, the other part that I wanted to share about the goal. Our goal is by the end of 2020 to be at 10,000 churches. And what, we've, what we have uh, come up with, the financial experts and everything came up with, it's going to be about, so that's 4,000 churches, and it's going to cost about $100 million. Now, how many churches does $100 million build in the U.S.? A, a small handful, right? You build 4,000 churches with $100 million. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, but we're talking about around the, around the country, God's people coming together to help support this and, and what he is doing. Think, think about this. You, you know, the next Billy Graham can be raised up out of these churches, right? The, the, 
the, the, the Vietnamese, you th think about all the government leaders and, the, and you talked about change in, in governments and everything. What happens when this groundswell of Christianity comes up and that you watch countries that have been atheist, all of a sudden they get Christian leadership into their governments. We're talking about change in the world, am I right? <coughs> so, <clears throat> more questions. Oh wait, I, prom I promised Jimmy I'm coming right back. Okay, I went back to Southeast Asia, your red dots. Mm -hmm. Saw them from here, you don't have country boundaries over there. But you talk a lot about Vietnam, a lot of activity in Vietnam, as well as Korea, <coughs> as well as Thailand, as well as China. But the middle of all of that is Laos. I've been there a couple of times, mm -hmm. somewhat testing water type thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, E3 or AMG other one really isn't into there. What is ICM's we have, relation to Tau? Uh, we have. We have, within the past year, we have a partner that was raised up in Laos, okay. and we are doing, we are getting the uh, mini Bible college in there, and also uh, doing church building in Laos. And you are doing church mm -hmm. building in Laos. Yep. Wow. We were in Laos a couple years ago, and we drove through, we didn't see one cross, one church, Nothing. anything that showed any semblance of Christianity. Keep in mind, keep in mind, you know how many people have talked about in Cuba, there's, Christ isn't in Cuba? Oh, yeah. They are so wrong. Okay, many many of the churches that and, and the model that ICM works with is we go we do a lot of focus in forgotten areas, and we focus very in rural uh, places where the people again are forgotten by their governments, and so you're not going to see them. You're not going to drive by and, and see many of these. You many you will. I think in Laos it's forbidden. I mean I think oh, that the governments uh, will not allow you. But the people there are, are still pretty open if you get an isolated case. Curtis Brickley has a, has a uh, take on this. No, so, so sometimes, for instance, take Burma. While the country had a, has a stance and the government has a stance, their sort of structure within neighborhoods and communities, almost like Exodus 18:21, where Aaron told Moses to select God-fearing men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as leaders over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, so in Burma, they really have a structure like that. So you have one man who's over a neighborhood of 20 homes. And if that one man over the neighborhood of 20 homes is a man of peace, is if you're on good terms, you can put a church right there in that neighborhood. Then you have a man over 100 homes. And they said that's sort of their, their internal structure. So while the government may have one stance and it's legal to be, it, complicated mm -hmm. because these guys the local government says sure go ahead we want you to have a church and an orphanage there the government may say there's not no churches and orphanages allowed right so so that's I think a yeah. good way to good. kind of think about it in those terms good we had a, another question what does BMI stand for? Bible Mission International okay. other questions I think we've gone we've used up our time time has flown yes I have one more question. Yeah. So in regards to other mission agencies out there, is there a need? Or have you guys got it covered? Oh, no, we don't have it covered. <laughs> we, we do what we do. We do what we do. And, and uh, you know what? All these, all these other organizations are doing great work. We do, we do things a little differently. 
You know, our founder was a businessman. He used business principles. You know, we, we talk about it. It's funny, you don't often hear about in, in, in mission work, you don't hear terms like leveraging and accountability and things like that. And that's how, that's how we're built. And um, we're, we're seeing unprecedented return on that. I guess my, my question really comes to, uh, are there other agencies that you're partnering with? Or are they your partners? Because uh, I can certainly see like the, I don't know, I'm like low man on the totem pole in, in New Tribes Mission, but you know, we start out under the mango tree mm-hmm. in these little huts. Mm-hmm. And you know, our goal is to get in there and teach. But eventually, once there's believers there, you know, there comes, a, I could see a need for, you know, assistance and, pl- you know, we trust the Lord in that, all of that sure. regardless, but I just wonder if there's a way to partner with. Yeah, let's, ta- let, let's talk. Let, let's talk. Let's and, talk. And, and let's go ahead. I'll tell you, Janice, uh, who spoke yesterday, the head of the ministry, so she met with Faith Come by here. They were down, had a great meeting with, you know, we, we love Faith Come by here in the work <coughs> they one of, one of the, you know, sort of a, an opportunity to explore partnership is their model with the Proclaimer. A Proclaimer starts a Bible listening group. That Bible listening group begins to multiply. You end up with a pastor, so there you have a church. So I think something we really want to talk about is, do you have the same thing? Congregations of believers with that, without a physical structure that meet sporadically and given weather conditions and all the other issues. You're talking about 100 people. There's not a home in, in Burma that'll hold 100 people. There's not a home in Uganda that'll hold 100 people. So that, that building is important. But yes, absolutely. We have, what do you call them? Directors of Partner Review. Uh-huh. Five of those in the region. So their job is to go out and, and meet partners, interview partners, look for opportunities of, of those national believers who have a heart and, and the capacity, the skill set to reach their nation. So absolutely. Great, great stuff. Yes, sir. I mentioned I've, I've read a couple of books by Kate Yo Hannon with Jonathan Brazier. I remember one thing he talked about was they have Bible women in India. I'm not sure. And and ICM has a, a new uh, the past two years a, a new initiative that's a it's actually called a women's initiative, where it's uh, it's men and women fr- from the United States who are really focusing on lifting up women in other countries who have who are it's not like our country you know in many other. Uh, we ha- we have testimony from some of our partners that, uh, you know, that say, you know, the women in our home, they are not allowed to speak. They are, you know, they're treated worse than the dogs. And, and um, we're watching through being educated in the word, we're watching culture change happen. And it's absolutely uh, phenomenal. So um, before you close us out, uh, I want, okay, we have some books, but downstairs at our table, if you don't get a book, we have uh, the Joyce Rosser's book, The God Who Hung on the Cross, that tells the story of the ministry and how we started. And then Janice just came out, uh, just finished her book, and this is a new release of, of her book that's almost like The God Who Hung on the Cross, part two. So please, we, we want you to have these resources. Take uh, the, the big brochure, 
please get into the mini Bible college. Know that it was recorded in the 80s. Get Forget all that and just listen to the man. Okay, that's Dick Woodward. And he went to be with Jesus a couple years ago. But um, if you allow him to uh, teach into your heart, you'll love him. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. This was, this was awesome. A couple of things here too, based on what was Smitty was talking about, is the Missions Council is looking at our mission partners and looking at where God is directing us to focus in the different areas of the field. And we're working now to bring the different mission groups together to, uh, like right now we're looking at the Philippines in a way that ICM and AMG and, and New Tribes and all can yeah. come together in service in an area mm-hmm. that we see God calling us to do and so it's it's amazing to see how we've grown yeah and not only having folks here doing individual things but how we then can cause these partnerships to happen and see how God can grow even even more and the mini Bible college is a cool thing so you need to make sure you do that get your paperwork over here and such and by the way the missionary tables that are downstairs are going to be open until I think one o'clock I encourage you to go by those if you have not already. And uh, for sure, go by and see Joyce's, uh, Joyce's Genesis book. Yeah, she yeah. was talking about that this Friday. And it sounds really cool. Yeah. And so we thank you guys for coming here. And let's just close in a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for the ministries that have come together. And I thank you for ICM and the work that they've been doing and, and how we can come alongside continuously. and and cause the gospel to be proclaimed even more throughout the world. And Father, I thank you especially too for lifting up this church and this congregation and this body, Father, and giving them a heart toward reaching the lost around the world and not only at home. But, and Father, cause us to, uh, to leave here with feet that will uh, let us reach out to our neighbor, the person that's just next door, as well as to those that are in the uttermost. Father, we thank you, and we want to give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Amen.